0: So let's turn to the book of Luke and look at, uh, look at some stuff. Luke chapter 17. Round about verse 22. That's Jesus speaking. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you shall not see it. And they shall say unto you, Hear, or see there, go not after them, or follow them. For as lightning lighteneth down of one part under heaven, and shineth unto the other part under heaven, so also shall the Son of Man be in his day. So he's saying whenever they tell you that uh, Christ is here or he's there, don't believe them. So whenever Christ returns, Everyone, every eye will see it's like lightning shining forth out of one side of heaven to the other. So you ain't going to have to ask your neighbor if the guy up here in Jerusalem is the real Christ or not. It's not going to be him at first, only at the end of this age. The false Christ will come first, but let's see what happens before that. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Talking about his crucifixion in those days. And as it was in the days of Noah, this is Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man at his return. They did eat and they drank and they married wives and they were given in marriage until the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained down fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And this word revealed is apocalypto. It is the same word that where you get the title of the book of Revelation. So it is an apocalypse. So, what's he talking about here? He mentioned two specific things: one in the day of Noah, and then, and he mentioned some things they were doing—eating, drinking, giving in marriage. These aren't these aren't bad things necessarily. Uh, this is common uh, things of men, and then in Sodom, they buying and selling and stuff like that. They building that. So that's common things of men. So. It would appear that these things are, are not out of the ordinary per se, but we must go back to see exactly what he's talking about. So let's turn to Genesis. So he said that this is how it's going to be right before I return. So Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So let's look. Those are two different things. The sons of God and the daughters of men. So the daughters were flesh. The sons of God were something different. I'll tell you what, we'll read on through and then I'll document who the sons of God are. So we'll pick it up verse 3. So the, the sons of God were taking wives. That means they were having intercourse or in some manner impregnating them. And that's what it means when you take a wife in the Bible. Verse, Genesis 6, 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days. This words, giants is geber. That means a mighty man or uh, something more than a man. And also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, that means they lay with them, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which are, were of old men of renown. So these men that were the offspring of these angelic beings and the women, they were more than men. They were hybrids. Is that what uh, Goliath was? Or was he just a big freak? No, he was a uh, offspring of these things as well. Uh, but there was a second influx of them. Uh, late, the flood. Yes, later on, there was a second influx of them. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination and thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created off the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. In verse 9, there's a, a curious thing. It says he's perfect in his generations. Now, that does not mean that he is morally perfect, like that he didn't sin or anything. This generations here, it has to do physically. It means that he was perfect. Perfect in the Hebrew here means without spot or blemish. If we remember the sacrificial lamb in Christ and all at all these uh, Passover and religious feasts, the Passover lamb must be without spot or blemish. And it says specifically here that Noah was perfect in his generations. This is a physical thing. If we were to go to the book of Luke in the third chapter it lists Christ's genealogy all the way from Christ himself back down through Noah and to Adam so Christ is a direct descendant of Noah these things came down, Satan sent these sons of God down or these angelic beings and they cohabitated with the women near where Adam and Eve Uh, were placed on the earth, and they sought to pollute the bloodline of Christ because the sacrificial lamb must be without spot or blemish, and if they had been mingled blood with these uh, freaks, then he would not have been a proper sacrifice to relieve sin. Let's turn to the book of Job. Actually, let's go to Matthew 24. I meant to do that in the beginning after we went to Luke, but let's look at Matthew chapter 24, 32. Matthew 24:32, Christ speaking. Now learn a parable of the fig tree: when his branches yet tender and put forth leaves, know that summer is nigh. Likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is near. Even at the doors, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till these things be fulfilled. So, the whole chapter of of uh, Matthew twenty four is talking about the end of days, and um, a lot of people. And so, the when in verse thirty two it starts a new subject when he's talking about the parable of the fig tree. A lot of people get down to verse thirty four where he said this generation shall not pass, and they think that he's talking to the apostles there in 27 A.D. And they say the Bible's false because he's saying that the people there ain't gonna, are going to be alive when he comes, and that's not what it's saying because they don't know how to read books, I guess. They just start reading in the middle of, the, of a paragraph. But anyway, we'll continue on. So he set the subject. Of, we know the parable of the fig tree has to do with Israel becoming a nation again. Happened in 1948. They gained control of Jerusalem in 1967. Um making possible for these um, prophecies to come to pass. Verse 35: Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels in heaven, but my father only. Talking about the exact time. But as in the days of Noah So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage until Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came and take them away. So shall it be also at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. So Christ is referencing a thing in Genesis that has to do... When we turn and look and see exactly what he's talking about, angelic beings coming down and cohabiting with women. Uh, let's go to the book of Job, the first chapter. Yeah. yeah. Mm, probably from the Some, Some... Um, You know, it goes by the, um, the accent marks, like an O can make several different sounds, like an A can make several different sounds. And most of it we just know from spe- speaking English, but these came from Hebrew. We'll starting in verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. So, there it is again, the sons of God, just like from Genesis. Uh, Actually, Job is probably the first book written in the Bible. So it was the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan said, Answering the Lord and said, Going, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. And then he goes on to say, have you seen my servant Job? And all, all that. And then Satan goes on to tempt Job and stuff like that. I just wanted to nail down who we were talking about with the sons of God. Also in Job 38, after Job's friends appear and give him bad advice for 38 chapters, the Lord himself appears to Job in the whirlwind. 38, one. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is it that darkeneth counsel by words without un- without knowledge? Gird up thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. So at this point, Job's covered with ashes. He's had a pretty rough time. Uh, and the Lord tells him to gird up his loins. That's what they do when they pull their skirt up and wrap it around the front where they're getting ready to do something or go to battle or whatever. And the Lord uh, told him to do that. Uh, or to stand up and be a man, basically is what he's saying. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Question. Declare if thou has understanding. Who has laid the measure thereof and who knows it? Who has stretched the line upon it? This line is a measuring line or like uh, a, a level line or a plumb blob. So, uh, you know this from building. Wherefore are the foundations of thereof fastened? And who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So he's asking Job, where were you during the first earth age when all the sons of God were there before the rebellion? And that again sets who we are talking about. These are angelic beings that came down and lay with women. Let's turn to... Jude, near the end of the Bible. It's the Lord's brother here. Half-brother. Jude is? Yes. James' was. They're both Jesus. of them. Had... Does he have any sisters? Yeah, he had sisters. He has more than one sister, because it says that his brothers and his sisters are outside with his mother to see him in... Uh, we don't know how many sisters he had or how many brothers but jude and uh james were named uh jude only one chapter so verse six and he's telling about all the bad things that happened and then he said and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he talking about god reserved in everlasting chains under darkness and into the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. So that sets what the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was. And are set forth in an example of suffering and vengeance of eternal fire. So there we have, just like in Luke, the... Fallen angels were mentioned. He talked about Noah and what happened there. And then he went on to talk about Lot, who was in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 19. So again, these two events are linked. And let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 4. All right, check, 2 Peter Chapter 2, verse 4. We'll start in 3 to get the thought going. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth and not their damnation uh, slumbereth not. Verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them in chains and darkness to be reserved uh, for unto judgment. So again, here Peter talking about the angels. This word hell, I believe this is the only time it's trans- that it occurs in the Bible. Now, there's three words in the New Testament uh, translated as hell. One of them, Hades, because the New Testament is written in Greek. They used pre-existing Greek words to describe hell. One of them was Hades, which is the underworld of Greek mythology. Another one is Gehenna, which is a garbage pit right outside of the gates of Jerusalem. He said that's what hell will be like where they throw the garbage. It burns continually. And the third one, I believe it only occurs here, is Tartarus or Tartarus. And it is, in Greek mythology, and Peter uses it here, it is a holding place of the titans. The titans were a type of demigod, and they were cast, and it probably has something to do with this from way back, and the Greeks kind of got it mixed up in, in their myths. A lot of these myths are uh, come from ancient truth. Uh, they just get kind of mixed up. But this is a holding place for the fallen angels. Let's look at Revelation 12, 7. Revelation 12, 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. The dragon and his angels. The dragon is Satan, always known as Satan. So the dragon and his angels fought against Michael and his angels, and prevailed not, and neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down. That old serpent, this links him with Genesis chapter 3, called the devil and Satan, so there's no question who we're talking about, which deceiveth the whole world. That's what he's going to do when he comes as Antichrist. He was cast down into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, let's look at Luke again, or we ain't got to turn there, but we notice that Jesus did not specifically mention these angels. He alluded to places in the Bible that we could go and research the Holy Scriptures and see what the answers are. He didn't put it out there for everybody. Um, There's reasons for that. But this is a secret thing only to those who study. So in the past few days, or past week, there's been several things in the news. One of them, about a week ago, a a high-level government whistleblower is on national news, and he's saying that the U.S. government has found crafts from other places, um, and that he hasn't seen them, but high-level people have told him, this guy is the guy that's responsible for reporting to Congress, so it ain't like some crazy dude living in a trailer somewhere, he says that they have these crafts in their position, but the Pentagon and are denied, and there's all kinds of secret programs and stuff of that nature. So that's one thing, and we've been hearing over the last several years, how, and we've seen the video of unknown craft uh, flying around. And then on April the 30th, early into the morning of uh, May 1st, so about a month and a half ago, but it only came out about the same time last week as this guy, the National News, just started picking it up in Las Vegas there was a police officer. It was around 11 o'clock at night, 11:30. On his body cam, some green light just shot down out the sky. You can see it on the body camera from the police officer, and he's like, "Oh, what's that?" And the people there was like, "Whoa, what's that?" And they say there was about 20 different reports of seeing this thing. And then about 20 minutes later, a phone call came into 911 from this Hispanic dude saying. That there's creatures in his backyard, and they're about ten foot tall, oh, shit. and uh, you heard that? Mm-hmm. and so it, it goes on to play the nine one one call. It was first on a, a news station in uh, Las Vegas, and he said that um, you know they saw the things, the things looked at them. They called nine one one. Then there's different body cam. Of different cops coming over there, and they kind of spooking and They go all in the backyard and look for the things or whatever, but that part's blacked out because they said they can't show a private residence or something. But anyway. I private residence Huh? I still show private residence on Tamil huh? huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you now, there's, a, there's a few problems with this story, but the, the body cam of the green light coming down isn't fake. The, that cop had nothing to do with going to the house. This was a totally separate incident. Then the 911 call came in and, um, dude said, there's, I'll send it on the, the group chat here. The, uh, this, so then uh, like a few days ago, the kid, the Hispanic kid, he came out and did an interview on his own, telling what happened. He said that him and his brother was walk, working in the backyard about 12 o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden there was this boom and like the whole backyard shook and there was smoke everywhere. And he looked and the backyard was blurry. He's like, I could see fine, but it was blurry. And then he started seeing these two creatures and he said they were huge and really skinny. Had basically the description of what we've always heard of aliens, except they are not little green men. They were like gray, green and huge. And he said he looked at one of them in the eyes, and when he looked at it in the eyes, he froze like he was paralyzed or whatever. Then somehow he broke free, ran inside, called 911. Then there's a video that they took of them and the family going out there, and they all looking in the backyard. One of them's got a pistol, and, but they see something, they run. You can't see nothing on the video. And then the cops come, and the cops saying, I just, one of my partners just saw. It, said he saw a, a, something fall out in the sky, and they joking. It's like if y'all see him, don't call back, don't call us. And then in the video, the kid said after the 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 people, or the cops left. They went inside and prayed. And as soon as they started praying, they heard a scream in the backyard. And after that, they didn't uh, hear any hear anything else. Now on the UFO forums and all, a lot of them saying that this kid is. It's a hoax, and in the kid's video, he put a video from some of his neighbor's ring doorbell camera, and it recorded the sound of the boom, and the people on the UFO forum saying that the time stamp's off on that. I don't know. I don't know. And um, also, they put a picture of this perfectly circled round depression. It wasn't like two weeks ago that... Some report come out from the government that they see things, and generally, the most common thing is these r- circled spears, ten to fifteen feet in diameter that can move. They don't show no propulsion system. They can move uh, at change direction at high speed, at speeds that would kill a human. Um, and then, now in other interviews, I heard of the kid. The prayer story wasn't in there. And now they I've saw, I haven't heard that he's added on to his story some, like they drew something or whatever in chalk, which that doesn't necessarily cut. Co- At that point, I would think he was making stuff up. But you gotta remember, I think we've all embellished stories. This kid is now in the national news, and everybody wants to have more to say when you got a one off thing going on, and and, uh, and they came back, and they, they there's some other stuff going on about the cops coming and putting up video cameras out there the next day or whatever. I don't know about any of that. What did happen, though, is there was a green light, and then not long after that, these people called 911. So if they were going to fake it, I mean, they had to come up with it in about... 10 seconds and act or 20 minutes and think that this isn't something that just coincidentally you start calling. Now, I ain't saying he ain't lying about some stuff, but even if one of these stories are, are true, then we've got fairly serious issues, but not really because Christ has told us these things are coming. And he did it in such a way that only the true believers would know. He didn't come out and say there's going to be beings and stuff like that. He mentioned stuff that happened in the Bible, and he mentioned them with common things like they're given and they're taken in marriage. That's what they were having sex and stuff like that. But he didn't mention no beings. Only when we turn and look and see what he's talking about do we see these beings. So also in the case of Sodom, and when he mentioned Lot and them, it's like they're buying and selling. What? Is the main thing that we see connected with these sodomites and all these rainbow flags and stuff? We see uh, commerce; it's companies that are putting right, all this out. That, that, mm-hmm. they don't the companies yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a money issue there. So when we see these two things start happening together, we we got to start wondering, you know. Now, if these things appear, these they're called nephilim. That nephilim. Um, it means fallen ones. If they appear, here's what they're going to do: they're going to say that they created humans and that they, um, they made up all the religions of the world and to, to keep us in line until we were ready, until we were technologically advanced enough to see them. And uh, but the real religion or is this and the antichrist is going to be there too. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on at that time. There's going to be human wars going on, massive human wars. And at the same time, you're going to have these beings here. So, and as we've seen lately in the past several years, we got a pandemic going on. Then we got a near world war going on. Everything's going crazy. You got the sodomites running around and, uh, So you got those two things linked right there. We got a couple more minutes, so we'll look at one other thing that's interesting. So, whenever these things appear, everybody is going to freak out, and most people are going to believe them. And if you don't believe them, and you're saying that you still follow the ancient religion of Christianity, then they'll be like, they're going to be saying you're stupid and you are whatever nerd. Everybody's going to turn against you. But we already know these things are coming. It's going to surprise the rest of these people. Oh, yes. And they're going to fall right after them. But we know they're coming. Christ has said they're coming. So, uh, you know. I ask people all the time because I'm a big believer in aliens, too. And I'm like, I'm, that, aliens are like, Man, you, I'm, like, I'm telling you, there's that, things different things that. They're not aliens. Like, even a lot of people say that they think that these things are interdimensional, which is actually more scary than aliens. So if we believed in evolution, we don't. It's a silly thing. You don't have all this complexity happen randomly. But, so say we believe that. Another planet similar to ours could have produced the uh, evolution or whatever. They would have looked different to us, and maybe they ain't got intelligence. You know, that's kind of something in the physical realm. When you have things cutting through different dimensions, you have nothing to compare them to. You don't know what goes on over, over there. So they are actually, in my, they're not aliens. They are interdimensional beings, fallen angels. That is probably why they look so hideous. They've been cursed. In the Book of Enoch, it deals specifically with these, with these fallen angels. So they came down to earth and they took wives and they taught their wives, uh, secret techniques so like working metal and all kinds of stuff in the book of Enoch. And they had children and they loved their children and, or they were real proud of them, what they'd created. And God told his angels to go out and kill them and to put them in chains. And, uh, and that's what happened there. And so that goes into more, even more detail. Let's look one more place since they're connected with the Sodomites this week uh, in the United States. They put the the pride again. Pride is a great sin. They put the pride flag there on the White House, and it put it in a higher place than the the American flag. And then at the same time, there's a transvestite out there. The with, yeah, and then the kids. president is up there yeah. hugging him. Yeah. So yeah, that's transvestite. Had- you go ahead, yeah. say You got better. Support. No, he was a nude transvestite was glancing outside the White House and then the president is taken pictures with him. Yeah. So we know that we are in now. It, In Sodom and Gomorrah, basically. Yeah. The kids in the audience just trying to he him up there on stage. No, he don't yeah. know who he's hugging. He <laughs> over there the- It is two things right there. Christ mentioned these hmm. two things specifically, yeah. the Sodomites And the Nephilim. He mentioned them. Let's turn. This thought really just came to me. Let's turn real quick to Genesis chapter 9. After God destroyed the world with the flood, he promised them something. Genesis uh, chapter 9, verse 11. And so this is after the ark's landed on Mount Ararat, and they've come out. That part of the world is destroyed. And this is God speaking. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Now, he he said this is him promising he won't destroy the world again with a flood, not that he won't destroy the world again, because next time he's destroying it with fire, as we know in Second Peter chapter 3 neither shall there be any more flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation, so to the end of the earth. I do set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring cloud to cover the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud." And I will remember, this is it, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh, and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature and all flesh that is upon the earth. What kind of flag do the sodomites use? Rainbow, Rainbow. So... They, I don't think it's intentional, this flag was created in 1978 in San Francisco. The first openly gay uh, politician, uh, a dude named Milk, they made a movie, a heroic movie about him a few years ago. Um, he commissioned a flag, and the artist came up with this rainbow flag in 1978. Um, that's around the same time that the uh, the... The second oil shock started and the things happening over there in the Middle East where Iran went from being the United States' friend to its enemy. Um, that continues even to this day. So in the eighth and ninth decades of, of years, a lot of stuff usually happens for whatever reason. Um, that's a subject for another day. But you see these rainbows everywhere, and it's really a talisman. They don't realize it, but it's a talisman. So the Lord looks down upon all this sin. And he seizes the rainbows, and he knows he's promised not to destroy them in that way again. So they do have a, a slight protection now, and it's kind of a, a mockery, you know? Yep. But the Lord always keeps his promises. So that's going to continue until, in the end, it says he, uh, in the book of Revelation, it says he who now lets will continue to let. Until he be taken out of the way, and I just thought that that was a something that just struck my mind that uh, it does confer them a protection. Not that the Lord approves of that, because He says it's an abomination. It's actually a capital crime in the Bible. Um, but we now we see it everywhere, and it's taken over, and it will continue to take over until uh, the end. So we have the two things that Christ secretly told the. His people, the Nephilim and the Sodomites. And so we know that, uh, we have the signs there. Uh, Any questions, comments, or concerns? What's Nephilim? Uh, the fallen angels in the, when it says the sons of God or or the Geber or whatever, uh, in Genesis chapter six, the word is Nephilim. It means to fall from the word Nephish. It means fallen. We'll end in prayer. Dear righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be gathered here today in thy name. And we thank you for forewarning us so that we might be prepared for the times ahead. And we see these things come to pass more and more every day. We know that thy word is true. And we ask you that when the time comes, you show us what you wish us to do in those days. And we ask for your strength. We ask for your protection as we know you will give it because you have promised it. And we know that your promises are correct and true. And we thank you for allowing us to be here in this time by thy grace. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.